1: Episode one of the Project the Plate podcast. We're done with trailers now. We just do one. It was four minutes, got it out of the way, and now we can actually like talk baseball, right? This is Friday, March 26th, and we're finally at episode one of the Project the Plate podcast. I'm Jack McMullen, Peter Apple, uh, co-founder, right? That. What's your title? Co-founder. Pro- co-founder uh, you have any other cool executive-like title?
0: So I'm pretty much doing everything that I can. I'm doing production. I'm doing video. You'll see me on TikTok giving away three gambling picks every single day. Wow. You'll see me basically doing everything I can. I'm going to be covering a lot of MLB stuff. But um, what I'm most excited about is this podcast. hundred percent. Okay.
1: Cool. Uh, so your Eloy to
0: take the home run crown bet is, is off the table now. Did you ever lock that in via TikTok or no? My problem is that I drafted Eloy, which the biggest problem is drafting fantasy like three, four weeks before the season. You draft a guy like Eloy Jimenez who you think is going to hit forty to forty-five for runs, and then a week before the season, he goes down with surgery. And is the season over for me now? Maybe now you can focus on podcasting and TikTok. It's I guess I have to because now the fantasy season's over. Already before it started,
1: yeah, it sucks. Well, uh, episode one, we're getting into a fun activity, right? Uh, this is going to be an exercise that was spurred by that late February. Um, I don't want to call it a transaction; I'll call it a haul for Fernando Tatis Jr. Fernando signed fourteen years, three hundred and forty million dollars with the San Diego Padres. If you've been living under the proverbial baseball rock, then uh, congratulations—you just found out some great new contract info for the most exciting player in baseball, but. Chances are you have heard uh, of that deal. And we're going to play a little game that um, we'll get into in a couple of minutes. But first, I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about a wrinkle to that deal that you might not have heard about. And if you read in The Athletic from Ken Rosenthal uh, or in the Associated Press, they, they kind of dove into this. And this is the dynamic with a company called Big League Advance. This is an aspect of the financial side of baseball that, that I frankly had no idea existed. Had no idea. Had no clue this existed until this deal took place and until Ken Rosenthal's article. So um, there's this bizarre stipulation that he and his agent kind of brought upon themselves after the 2017 season where he finished up. He was 19 years old and he just finished a full season pretty much of low A baseball. He had yet to sniff double A baseball. After that 2017 season, Tatis and a company
0: called Big League Advance struck a deal that was virtually an IOU deal. I know. And and the fact that he got 14 years, $340 million, but won't see every penny of that deal is the story here. So let's first break into kind of the business model, right? Of BLA, big league advance. It's this company that offers minor leaguers an upfront payment for a percentage of their future earnings, right? But how are they evaluating these players? They use an algorithm to analyze each one of these minor, minor league players, and they landed on Fernando Tatis Jr. When he was outside the top 40 prospects in most rankings, he wasn't even that great of a prospect. But let's get back into the business of BLA because it's so interesting. Players get a base level payout for 1% or get a higher payout for a larger percentage of their future earnings. Basically, the company that offers minor leaguers an upfront payment for percentage of their future earnings. I mean, let's say they'll give you $400,000 upfront for 8% of your future earnings, or they might give you $50,000 for 1% of your future earnings. Right. You get to choose. The most important part, and I think which is so interesting, if a player never reaches the majors, he keeps the cash with zero obligation to pay it back. But the MLB doesn't really support this, and they're warning every single one of the young players looking to do this kind of thing to be extremely weary of their investment strategy. So what Tatis did is he took that upfront payment. It was a larger one, but it was a risky move on the on the fact of BLA and Tatis, because like I said, Tatis wasn't a top prospect and BLA gave him a lot of money upfront.
1: So what this is, is like it's baseball's version of playing the stock market and trying to find emerging brands and companies that have just gone public um, a- and trying to buy them cheap and seeing it boom. Yeah, it was Ronald Blum with the Associated Press that pretty much e- equated it to buying Apple in the 70s or 80s when it was, it was brand new. I don't know the timeline of Apple stock, but when Apple was at the ground floor and Steve Jobs and Woz were getting into it, um, it's like buying Apple stock there. So uh, the CEO of BLA is a guy named Michael Schweimer, who is a former minor league pitcher. And to be honest, I
0: don't think he's that crappy a dude. Like, I don't think he's this shark because he's kind of... Is that what you that, got from that's that? That's what I was thinking because when I, when I see that they can keep the cash advance if they don't even make the major leagues, I, I think to myself, that's not that bad of a deal. If I was a young prospect in need of the money or needed the money to make that extra boost, let's say in training, let's say in food, uh, in overall coaching, better schools, why wouldn't you take the money... I mean, it's it's your own gamble.
1: So Tatis used the money right away, and nobody knows the exact amount of money. Nobody knows the percentage that Tatis is giving back to BLA. But Tatis used the money um, to hire a personal trainer and then up the quality of his food and nutrition and up the quality of his housing. So this is a guy that said, I need this money up front right now. And yeah, he got a couple hundred K to, to sign when he was 16 with the White Sox. Like he used this sum of money to go towards things that will help him- become a mainstay at the major league level and in the grand scheme of things we always talk about oh the lottery like if you win the lottery uh you know the government's taking out so much because of taxes you still won the goddamn lottery right you are going to be a you multi- still won the lottery you still won the lottery you're going to be
0: a multimillionaire. the only problem with the tatis deal is yes in hindsight of course of course you're going to do this deal do you know how much money he now owes bla after signing a 14-year, $340 million contract, around 20, we don't know the exact percentage. We don't know exactly how much he was given, but 8% of $340 million is $27 It's a lot of dollars. They bought on the ground floor and they're reaping the benefits. And what in an investment. this model,
1: right, but this model is conducive to the idea that one in 20 of the guys that you invest in hit it big. Say you give 20 guys $100,000 right? That's $2 million that you give away. You get 27 from one of those 20. We'll take it. Yeah. If this algorithm works, I understand. I I think this just kind of further proves that uh, ballplayers are kind of pawns in the financial scheme of baseball. Uh, But that's something that we can have a whole podcast about. And not just an episode, like an entire series on that. Uh, Do you want to get into this
0: activity? Let's get into the activity. Explain to the viewers or listeners, whatever podcast term it is, (laughs) about what we're doing here.
1: So what we're doing is we're looking at the contract of Fernando Tatis Jr. and saying, okay, how can we allocate this to one person in every organization? So we're picking one player for all 30 major league clubs to hand the Tatis deal to. And not just from a 14-year aspect, from a $340 million aspect. So Fernando Tatis immediately became the financial center point of the Padres. For the next 14 years, you have to work around that guy. 14 years, you are committing to this guy being the face of your franchise for the entirety of his career. It's a lot of years. It's a lot of years and it's a lot of money. And for these smaller market teams, that's a ton to shell out, right? But
0: for these small market teams, let's let's do our part and just give away $340 million of right. their own money to the players that we think we deserve it. And I think it's important to preface it at the beginning with a lot of these players you may not have even heard of yet. They may be top prospects. They may be a lot of the younger stars. But does it make sense to give Jacob deGrom 14 years, $340 million, even though he's the best pitcher in baseball? Probably not. Probably not. What what I was going to say is I think we should just start in the AL East. Let's yeah. start with Baltimore. And I'm going to knock it off with a catcher, Adley Rutschman, who's the number two overall prospect in baseball right now. And I know giving a catcher a 14-year deal is a little bit dangerous, but I'm going to go on record and say he's the best catching prospect since Joe Maurer. But even when he's no longer a catcher, as we saw with Joe Maurer, can he move to first base? Can he move to DH? That bat is going to play. I'd give the money to him.
1: There is no opt-out for any of these teams. We're handing They're it to allowed. somebody. We're not allowed to opt out of this deal. Um, you're handing this to somebody within the organization. And Adley Rutschman, I think, is one of the safer picks that you have on here. Because whether he is a mainstay at catcher or first base uh, or DH, I mean... You know, some people are paying DHs around $30 million a year right now. Uh, but his glove is great. Pop time is good. At the end of the day, he's a switch hitting catcher, and he hit over 400
0: his last two years at Oregon State. I think it's he no question. raked at Oregon State. Not just he was a good catcher and he hit, he raked. Let's get into Boston. Yeah, let's go to
1: Boston. Uh, there are two clear choices here, I think. I'm going with one. You're probably going with the other. I go with Alex Verdugo. He and Rafael Devers are both 24 years old, takes you through their age 38 season with this 14-year deal. Devers' hard-hit percentage in 2019-2020, about 10% better than Verdugo. Alex Verdugo only chased 29% of pitches outside the zone. Devers was up near 50%. Like, I am committing to the keen eye and the far superior defensive piece, and it's nice to have an outfielder.
0: Yes, I would say on the defensive end, you're winning that battle every time. I'm going to go that other player you named. I'm definitely going to go Devers. Devers, and this is more of an eye test kind of thing, even though Devers hit 311 with 30 bombs like a year ago. right? But there was was one pitch that I wanted to touch upon. It it was in 2018, where Rafael Devers was up-and-coming rookie. He hit a 103-mile-an-hour fastball from Chapman. It was up in the zone... 103, crazy high spin rate, and it's outside, and he fists it right over the right field wall. I was like, okay, yeah. this is a real hitter. Yeah. This is not just, oh, this guy had a good season, or oh, we can swing the bat a little bit. He is a fantastic hitter, and I think he'll blow away Verdugo in a lot of categories. I think he'll be 30 home runs, 30 doubles, you know, hit 300. I think he's yeah. going to be an all star for. A long time but let's get into the Yankees because I think this is the most interesting one maybe not most interesting but a lot of our Yankee fans might agree that it is I'm going with Glaber Torres right he's 24 years old he hit 38 home runs as a middle infielder in 2019 and people are concerned about his defense at short I get it but the bat is so elite and he had a tough season in 2020 I get it but I like that he's cut down on strikeouts every single year while boosting that walk rate in the same, in the same amount of time. And I think the impact of DJ LeMahieu on him is getting a little bit, I guess, underblown, if that's even the right word. Um, because DJ LeMahieu is basically the captain of the Yankees at this point and has been working with Glaber the whole offseason, basically every single game, to make him a better player. I think the impact of DJ LeMahieu on Glaber is going to show very through this year. I think he's going to have 40 home runs, Jack.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on handing this to Gleyber Torres. I spent a little bit more time thinking about Davey Garcia than I probably should have, Uh, but he's 21 years old. He he would get out of that deal younger than Max Scherzer currently is.
0: Can we preface this with, I just can't give it to a pitcher? I can't give 14 years to a pitcher. Unless you're 22, 23 and already incredible, which is very few and far between, I can't give it to a pitcher in these, and you'll see why.
1: Yeah, so I, I disagree with you. Uh, but let's go to the easiest pick uh, of the American League or National League. Wander Franco is the best prospect in baseball. He's 20 years By old. Far. He's a thick switch hitter. He's got unparalleled plate discipline. I mean, sign me up for a 20-year deal with Wander Franco. I
0: agree. I think, he, I think he has the potential to be right in that same breath as like the Lindors, the Tatises. He's right going away. to be a fantastic shortstop as soon as he hits the major leagues. Right away. Toronto. Toronto is interesting because you could go Bo or Vladdy. I'm going Vladdy and I'm yeah. going Vladdy. Not super confident about the pick. Cause I just love Bichette so much. I think they're both going to be stars, right. but Vladimir Guerrero lost 42 pounds this offseason. He was looking <laughs> a bit Husky. He was looking big, Jack, a bit Husky. But he was a bit Husky. I'm being nice. Yeah. But he was large. He was large and in charge. And but he lost 42 pounds this offseason, and he has an MVP level bat. I mean, I remember when all these prospect guys are giving him 80 hit tools. So basically, you're saying he's going to hit 330 with 40 bombs? <laughs> and I think we saw that. We saw that in spring training. He's raking right now, Vladdy Guerrero Junior. He's he's beefy, but he's good. Yeah,
1: you say looking a bit chunky. I say thick with three C's. Um, yeah, Vladdy dips. Vladdy Junior he puts asses in seats and I'm going to use that phrase for a couple of guys um, throughout this and the national league episode too. But this takes you through the age 35 season of probably the most electrifying bat in baseball for the next 10 years, the name, right? Guerrero, the, the friendly chub, the smile, he, he simply puts asses in seats at Rogers center. And when he comes stateside and, and it just sounds different coming off of his bat I want to take you to the AL Central and another guy that just puts asses in seats. And I think that Luis Robert is the is the sensical option for the White Sox. Unfortunately, Eloy just got hurt. But I think that Eloy Jimenez and Yohan Moncada, um, you know, he struggled in 2020 trying to come back from from a COVID positive uh, right before the season. But I think that Eloy and Yohan are going to be incredibly viable candidates for this. But Luis Robert far and away, I think, is the right answer here.
0: I agree. I I don't even think we have to go far into it. Luis Robert is going to be an absolute stud for the white Sox. I mean, he won the gold glove last year. Yeah. He won the gold glove last year and he's going to be possibly, he was on pace. I know it's 60 games, whatever on pace, 31 home runs and 26 stolen bases as a rookie while winning the gold glove. He's there for a high average. I just realized I said, I'm not going to go into it and then I'm completely going into it. (laughs) So let's break into Cleveland. Yeah. And the most underrated player in baseball is Jose Ramirez and he deserves every single penny. Yes. Yes. The contract is going to go probably into his forties. I don't care. He's such a good hitter. He finished top three in AL MVP voting in three of the last four years and his contract. Yes. What's been 28 to 42, but he's one of the best hitters in baseball. I'm going to say that again. He's one of the best hitters in baseball. Start recognizing Jose Ramirez. Shane
1: Bieber learned how to pitch in the last three years. And Sweet. I know that you said uh, about five minutes ago that you have zero interest in handing this he's to a the pitcher.
0: One. He's, he's the, the one, one I'm afraid of because he's right? damn good. This deal takes
1: you through his age 39 season. 14 years for a pitcher is literally the scariest thing ever, but, but last year just was not a fluke. And this is as simple a number as I can give you to prove this in 2018, he threw his fastball 57% of the time. In 2020, he threw his fastball 37% of the time. And his curveball is the top five pitch in baseball. So he's learning how to locate his off speed and how to get swings and misses at the top of people's shoelaces. This guy's the best pitcher in baseball, not named Jacob DeGrom right now. Not named Jacob <laughs> DeGrom you, right you, now. There's one name you just forgot. Who Jericho. am I forgetting, man? I Dude, <laughs> no. Uh, you want to go to Detroit? Let's go to Detroit. We're, we're going to have a big disagreement here.
0: Uh, I, I, I can imagine. We're and gonna let's ha- preface this too. We never, we don't know who each other's players are. Yeah. So we're just basing this. We're going back and forth like baseball guys.
1: I, I will be shocked if you pick who I pick. Uh, Riley Green is 20 years old. He's yeah, 6'3". I didn't pick him. Yeah, 6'3". Perfect physique to last 162 games. One of the best pure hitters in minor league baseball right now. He's a surefire to a career 300
0: hitter that I think minor league baseball has right now. The number one pick in the draft, Spencer Torkelson would be the best hitter on the Tigers today. Yeah. I'm going to give him every single dime I can give him. I think he's going to be Paul Goldschmidt-esque. And Paul Goldschmidt is a little aggressive. He's Paul Goldschmidt's really good. But Torkelson is going to be fantastic for years. He's going to hit 30 home runs. He's going to be fantastic. KC's really easy. KC is so easy. And gambling line plus 2,500 for Bobby Witt Jr. to win rookie of the year is not a lock because we'll talk about Minnesota. There's a rookie in Minnesota who I really like. Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be like Trevor Story, not in Colorado. He's going to be so good remember the name bobby witt jr who do you I have think ever right i think everybody knows the
1: name bobby witt jr if you're listening some to this people podcast. might not some people might not uh throw the money at him right you're pretty much promising him a jersey retirement at kaufman in like 25 years so just do that uh, Mi- minnesota we've got a big disagreement and this one was really hard for me uh this is another pitcher that's how i know that we disagree jose barrios injuries no way can- Yeah. Injuries concern me about Royce Lewis. Lack of wow factor concerns me about Alex Kirilov. Barrios will be electric for the next eight years. Take a diminishing Barrios for three. Then you suck up the last three
0: years and he's up at 40 years old. You say Alex Kirilov doesn't have a wow factor. I say he's going to 290 and be a 2020 guy while playing all over the outfield. If that's not wow, then what is in baseball that's so he's going to be so solid it's alex kirloff okay you want to talk about mike Trout? <laughs> i'm just yelling at you about a yeah. twins outfielder that i don't even <laughs> yeah and, i mean the angels what we it's mike Trout, and it's like yeah. not even close i mean he's is he the, he's the best player of our lifetime oh yeah yeah that's we're, it we're too young for seattle griffey
1: i think yeah. he and ken griffey jr and barry bonds of course um But we're a little bit too young for Barry Bonds, too. You know, we appreciated Barry Bonds when he was mammoth, but we didn't get to
0: appreciate the lean, mean fighting machine that was Barry. Um, You know, Trout ranks eighth in OPS all time already. Ahead of guys like Mickey Mantle. Ahead of guys like Joe DiMaggio. Yeah. And nobody knows about Trout. I bet if you go on the street and say, hey, do you know a picture of Mike Trout? If you're not a baseball fan. Nobody knows.
1: Is that the one with the subway ad? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Mike Trout, I need nothing. I needed nothing to pull me over the edge for this. But what entices me most about this Mike Trout deal is you lock him up through his retirement. And he's going to retire as a deity. So you think Tom Brady, you think Michael Jordan with the Wizards, like there's a chance he's already considered the greatest player of all time before this contract is up. And, And if he does that in Anaheim... That's you know a traveling circus when you're on the
0: road, and that is near a sellout every time you're at home. You know what's crazy? We're underpaying him here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Four hundred
1: twenty-six million he's making. We're discounting all current contracts.
0: I'm sure. Oh, that's Yeah, clear we're throwing them out the window.
1: Um, Oakland. Move on to Oakland. Yeah, Oakland is the exact opposite of Mike Trout. <laughs> like, no idea. We're in no man's land. I'm going with a 17 year old Robert Poisson. Um, oh god. Like this hurts. Yeah. Oh like, god. 17 <laughs> knife going into the sternum. Um, if I could say no one, I'd say no one, but I'm diving headfirst into the bit. I'm committing to the bit. Uh I once understand. this deal is up, I appreciate he'll be it. right. Once this deal is up, he'll be
0: 32. So you can just throw him another five year deal worth about six million bucks and he's Elvis Andrews. I'm not I'm not gonna make fun of you for that one because this one is hard. And I with Matt Chapman's hit problem, I mean Matt Chapman's one of the best defenders in baseball, maybe the best defender. I'm giving it. St- I just it's because I believe in Matt Olson, first baseman for the for the A's. I think he's one of the best defenders at first base in the league, maybe the best. And I think he has 30 to 40 home run pop. He's not going to hit you a high average, but he's pretty good. And I'd choose him. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not staking my claim on it though. Right. I do like him. God, that sucks.
1: <laughs> Don't Seattle now
0: is going to be very interesting because what Seattle has cooking right. is they have. Jared Klenick, Julio Rodriguez, and Taylor Trammell just sitting in the minor leagues waiting for a shot, and then they already have the rookie of the year, Kyle Lewis. Right. Out of all of them, I'm picking Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. He's 20 years old. He's hit over 300 in two seasons in the minors. Highlighted, he hit 462 in high A. I think he's going to be a perennial all-star. He's a big body. I'm super excited for Julio.
1: I agree with you on Julio Rodriguez. I think we should give Jared Kelnick his 10 seconds of fame right now because he's really good, good. and I think he'll put up better numbers early than Julio Rodriguez will, but he won't be half as exciting when Julio kind of hits his stride. Um, Plus, unlike what was said at a Rotary Club via Zoom, uh, Julio Rodriguez speaks exceptional English. That was so stupid. We can get into that later. He needed that. What a disgrace. Who says anything to a Rotary Club anymore, either? like (laughs) (laughs) like, Bizarre. Uh,
0: Texas. Texas.
1: Joey Gallo is 27 years old. Uh, Math, simple math, means this deal ends at 41. Nelson Cruz was hitting balls to the moon at 40. Um, I've seen Joey Gallo flick baseballs 410
0: feet. Give me power. Joey Gallo was one of those guys who played... Uh, his younger ball with Bryce Harper, and he wasn't <laughs> known as much obviously as Bryce, but this dude has more power than Bryce Harper. Oh yeah, oh yeah, God, oh, yeah. It, just, it looks good to watch him hit home runs, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, he, he'll strike out two hundred and fifty times. <laughs> That's okay. But, you know, he's actually a really good right fielder.
1: Really yeah, good he's like right Gold
0: Glove contender. Houston, Houston. I don't want to give any of them money.
1: No. But They're I'm morally gonna give, terrible.
0: I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Bregman. You know, Alex Bregman, even after a down 2020, 20, the guy is still walking more than he's striking out. And he's such a good hitter. He's 26 years old. It'd be going until he's what, 40? Mm-hmm. Give me Alex Bregman, I guess. I'm not happy about it. <laughs>
1: Uh, In Alex Bregman's last 162 game seasons, his last two, 162. So 2018, 2019, he walked noticeably more than he had struck out. Carlos Correa has not done that. I like the idea of shoring up short compared to third base, but not for the sake of giving up one of the smartest hitters baseball has. Uh, And Don Alvarez, as sexy as the bat
0: is, he's a D.H., you see Correa, they offered him six years, 120 million, and he just didn't even consider it at all. <laughs> the thing is, like, no. he's not, he's good. Obviously, Carlos Correa is good, but he's not this mega all star that he thinks he is. He was just caught in the cheating scale. He gets hurt every single year. What are you, you going to get? 250 million, Carlos Correa? Like, 120 million didn't even, didn't even touch you?
1: I don't know, man. Buy the dips. Let's see how 2021
0: goes.
1: (laughs) All right. That does it for the American League. Next episode, we talk National League. We hand out the Tatis deal. So for Peter, I'm Jack. We'll talk to you with episode two. Thank you, everybody.